Hello, lovely humans. I'm Lyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we talk to fellow sex lovers about sex, and we learn from one another in an effort to energize each other with our bodies in whatever ways please us uniquely, so that we can all have yummy, delicious energy for all the other parts of life. And today's show is especially full of wisdom. The curious girl herself is here with us. And if you want to hear Layla interview me, make sure you go listen to her June 11th episode of The Curious Girl Diaries entitled Sex Stories, wherever you get your podcasts. As always, please keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Go listen to the outro if you want to connect and enjoy. Our guest today is a bi-curious cis female in her 40s. She's single and is into BDSM, sex parties, and talking about sex, which she does on her podcast, The Curious Girl Diaries. And you should all go listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. With us today from Florida, welcome Layla. Hi, Wyo. So great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you, and thank you for having me on your podcast. And I'm just so excited now to get to turn the tables and ask you all the questions. I am ready. That was so much fun. Oh my gosh. We just had the best conversation. So I can't wait to see what you're going to ask me. Yes. Okay. My first question is, if you had to rate yourself today right now on a shame meter of sexuality with 10 being the most full of shame and one being, I don't know what shame is, where do you fall in this moment? Probably a two. Okay. Why do you say two? Really, the only reason that I would give it a two is because I'm not ashamed of anything I'm doing sexually. That's what you know, I podcast about it. I'm more than happy to talk about it. I love talking about it. The only thing that I would say throws a little bit of shame in there is that I'm not out of the closet with it. I'm not willing to, you know, I do all this anonymously. Mm. So I'm not willing to just say, yeah, this is who I am. This is who I really am. But yeah, I've been keeping that a secret. And for years, I kind of am on the fence. I go back and forth. Like, I should just come out of the closet. No, stay in the closet. Come out of the closet. Stay in the closet. Is it hard to live that double life? I mean, it really doesn't feel like it. It's just something that I just don't mention to certain people. So, you know, it's all me right? It just feels like something I don't mention. So that's amazing. You're like a real life spy kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. I mean, it is a little bit like a double life, but I don't feel it in the sense like, oh, I'm keeping this big secret and it's like eating me alive. No, it's just the shame part, I think, you know, comes into play where I'm such an advocate of people being forthcoming with their partners and open with talking about sex. And I am all those things, except When it comes to saying to the world, you know, this is my real identity. This is who I am. Yeah. Deal with it. (laughs) That's so funny. I almost have the inverse experience of it's so easy for me to talk about it with anyone. And because of the shame experiences that I've had or just, you know, the kind of crinkly bits with other people, it's harder for me with the person that's right in front of me that I want to fuck. Can you give us a little overview of what your sex life is like right now? We're going to get into details, but just give us the flavor. Right now, I have one pretty consistent partner and a few nibbling around the edges. For me, I like to say that I think a girl needs what I call a pair and a spare. I think it's really good for you to have three lovers if you're female, because that's the magic number. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Three is one of my lucky numbers. So 69, but obviously three is the root of that. And that's just amazing. That's right. It's the root. A pair and a spare. I love that. Okay. And now can you just tell us, what does sexy mean to you? What is sexy in your personal definition? Mm, It's a feeling. You know, it's how you carry yourself through the world. It's something that you emote. I feel like it comes from the inside out. 
there's magic sprinkled in there. You know, I don't know like how to really fully describe it other than it's just as a woman, I feel like it's a bit of a birthright. And I have this motto on my show where I say, women, you are not allowed to waste the pretty. Do not waste the pretty. And if you're not wasting your pretty, then, you know, then your sexiness is just, it's exuding. Mm, yeah. What does wasting pretty mean? Like, how do I make sure I'm not wasting mine? <laughs> that means you don't let anybody shroud you in shame. Okay. That means you're not disconnected from your sexiness mm. and the parts of you that are female mm -hmm. and that make you beautiful and that you're accepting those things. And, you know, you basically carry them with you like a badge of honor. And we all will waste our pretty at some point or another, because sometimes we need to withdraw and we need to pull back and we need to kind of regroup and then we can come back out full force. Yeah. And that's understandable. But I, you know, spent years wasting the pretty and that's not acceptable. Mm, so okay. yeah, that was the whole genesis of my podcast and my story. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Before we get into those details, can you give us a lesson in consent. Did you ever learn about it growing up? And have you had one experience of an explicit yes in your lifetime that has been so yummy you want to shout it from the rooftops? Oh, I have several of those. <laughs> I, know I have more than I can count. I will say just an explicit yes to putting my trust in another human being to take me to a sexual level that only he could take me to. Mm. That's probably my best example of an explicit yes. Before you were kinky, did you ever like was consent on your radar at all? Gosh, not really. Okay. Isn't that interesting? That's a good question. Yeah, no, I mean, because I'm very type A and I'm very strong and I never felt that any, I can't really think of a time where somebody put me in a position where I, you know, did something that, that well, ended up being forced. You know, I can look back on instances during this process, during my whole Curious Girl Diaries escapades, you know, and point to a few moments where I was like, I shouldn't have done that. And that was a really valuable lesson because it could have gone way worse. It didn't. There was a message there for me and I, I'm not going to let it go to waste. I'm definitely zeroing in on that and making sure that I talk about it. And I even podcasted an episode about it, you yeah. know, podcasted about it because I definitely broke, I have some rules that I use. You know, I call them the rules of engagement, you know, and these are my rules. And as long as I maintain those things go well. And if I bend on those, they don't. And the time that I bent on it was like, it just was a really good reminder to myself. This is why you do things the way you do them. Mm. Yeah. There's a reason. Okay, last intro question in the name of safety. How do you handle safer sex conversations with new partners? And what does your ideal one look like? You know, since I have this conversation all the time, it just feels very natural and normal. And because, you know, my business life, my business mind is always like to assume that things are going to go well and this is how they're going to go. My language with a partner represents that too. So, you know, I would just be saying, okay, so, you know, obviously, you know, we're going to be doing this. And I've already disclosed that, you know, I have different partners and we're not being exclusive right now. So, you know, let's talk about our history and would you feel comfortable getting tested? And of course we'll be using protection 
And as we move along and, you know, it's okay if things change and we want to talk about maybe negotiating, not using a condom and what that would mean. And, you know, and, and I just open up the conversation for the dialogue and let the other person fill in the blanks. Beautiful. Now, take us back to your early years. When do you first remember hearing about sex? And then how did that kind of evolve? So my mom was way more wanting to talk about sex with me than I was ever wanting to talk about <laughs> sex with Okay. My mom did completely the opposite of what she had with my grandmother. My grandmother, you know, my mom first got her period, just handed her a book, you know, was like, here you go, sweetheart, like figure this out. And so my mom was bound and determined that, you know, no daughter of hers was going to have that experience. So it was constantly talked about. And I just remember the one night I was in third grade and I thought we were going to go to Taco Bell. And my mom was like, well, I want to have a sit down. I want to have a conversation and I'm hungry, you know? So I'm like, okay, gosh, I hope this isn't going to take very long. And so she was under the impression that when I had passed by her room in the middle of the night, you know, in a dead sleep, to go use the restroom, she thought that I had heard her and my dad have sex, but I had not because I can practically sleepwalk. So she hits me with, well, you know, she wants to have the birds and the bees conversation. She's telling me, you know, when a man and a woman love each other and, you know, and the penis and the vagina. And, and I'm just like, I mean, I am sitting there mortified and I'm like, okay, you know, can we go to Taco Bell now? I mean, I just want, and she liked to elaborate and elaborate and elaborate. <laughs> I just remember it being a very awkward moment for me. Eventually she got off of it. We ended up going to Taco Bell, but I was so like, what did I just hear? You know, like, what did she just lay on me? But moving forward, I appreciated that because every time it was appropriate and there was something to talk about, whether it was blowjobs or, you know, my mom, when I got my first boyfriend, I remember we were walking, going for a walk in Lake Tahoe. And she says, is he doing anything for you? And I said, what? She said, are you having an orgasm? Is he interested in helping you have an orgasm too? And I was like, uh, no, I don't know. You know, I mean, I was yeah. 17 at the time. <laughs> wow. And I, of course I knew what an orgasm was because I'd masturbated and I knew that I wasn't having one with my first time boyfriend. He didn't know. He did not know what to do. Yeah. And so, and my mom just said, well, I'm going to tell you a little something that, you know, sometimes it's okay if they're young and they don't know, but as you grow up and you get older, if you come across a man who's selfish, get rid of him because he'll always be selfish. <laughs> I love your mom. <laughs> that's what she told me. And I was like, uh, okay. And that stuck. And moving forward from that point, you know, kind of early teens into my twenties, I started having better sex. I guess I was, I was taking her advice. I avoided the guys that were <gasps> selfish, you know, if you want to call them that, or maybe they were inexperienced at that age. I shouldn't, maybe it's not fair to call them selfish. But I gravitated towards the guys that knew what they were doing and that wanted to satisfy me and expected that my pleasure was a priority too. Yeah. And so through that, I found some of the best oral sex givers of my life, guys that you knew you had to break up and move on from, but you did not want to let that guy go because <laughs> he was so, so good at that age. You know, you were at 21, you were convinced you would never find another guy that ate your pussy the way he did. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm so glad you had that experience. I was 27 before I found someone that I was like, oh my God, oral can feel like this, you know? So yay. 
Also, I cannot help but reflect on the fact that you and I had two very different 17-year-old conversations with, with our moms. Mine's like, don't say yes if they pressure you. And yours like, get pleasure. I love that. I love that. And what I love is it sounds like, okay, so maybe we don't use the word selfish, but it sounds like from a very young age, you were taught the idea that we should take care of each other and that someone who's fully focused on their own experience without realizing that you are a human being with them. That's great. So did it make it just easy to filter people or like what were your kind of 20s like? Like, did you come across the selfish people and you're just like, nope. Or like, was it in bed? Like, how did you do that filtration process? I kind of feel like my personality sort of filtered a lot of guys. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just my personality again. So, you know, going back to how I was raised, you know, my parents were entrepreneurs. And so, you know, I was really just given this impression that I could do anything I put my mind to. They didn't say, no, you can't whatever X, Y, and Z a lot. So like, you know, yeah. growing up, you want expensive things, you know, the popular things you want these jeans or that jeans, you know, and instead of saying, no, those are too expensive. You don't need $250 pair of jeans. They would say, well, that's a really good, uh, goal. Yes. And, uh, you know, those jeans are very expensive. So how are you going to buy those jeans? And I'd be like, well, I don't know. Let me think. And so that was the whole, the premise was when you say no, it shuts down your creativity. Mm -hmm. It shuts down your problem solving. And when you say, well, you know, and you just present it in the form of a question, our minds just start working on how can I whatever do X, Y, and Z. And so I just always had a lot of confidence moving forward. Like, yes, I could, you know, accomplish things when I wanted to and put my mind on and that were important. And so I think just having that really, really good sense of self when I was going through what normal, you know, my peer group was going through with picking maybe the wrong guy or whatever. Not that I haven't picked some, you know, <laughs> interesting characters, <laughs> but the difference is I'm faster at, you know, going, nope okay, this isn't right for me. Yeah. You can be any way you want, but I know that this isn't right for me. And so I didn't have a problem, you know, just getting stuck with the wrong guy too long, except for that one guy, like I said, that was really good at the oral sex. <laughs> we make exceptions for people who are really excellent. I definitely did that with my former master. I was like, okay, one more time. Let's try it again. <laughs> so I, I feel that. Yes, because there's things you don't want to let go. And I've certainly had that as well as a grown up except that there's still that underlying real strong sense of self that I know that it's something's off or not right. And it's never a surprise to the person when I have that conversation, you know, the final, like, okay, well, I think we need to part ways because I've already been voicing it and saying exactly, you know, what's bothering me. So it just ends up being part of the process. That is amazing. Has sexual communication with partners been easy for you? I would say yes. I won't pretend that I haven't had like awkward moments where I'm like, oh gosh, okay. I know I have to say what I want and speak up and advocate for myself. And there's definitely times where I'm more comfortable or less comfortable, but I always end up doing it. Okay. Yeah. So I still feel the feelings sometimes, but it's easy to move past it for me, I guess, just to say, yeah, I'm feeling that. However, I know that this has to be said. Amazing. Have you had experiences where sharing 
your need with a partner has caused them to become angry or explode in any way, shape, or form? Or are you generally able to communicate your needs in a way where you can be heard? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I can't think of a time where somebody, I'm trying to think, did somebody explode on me when I was expressing a need? No. Okay, well, I can't wait to listen to all your episodes and absorb your conversation patterns. Yeah, I'm, I'm like trying to think like, I'm a, yeah, no, I mean, because again, it's just always kind of out there, you know, mm -hmm. I'm breadcrumbing it. And sometimes things don't go the way you think, you know, and so yeah. I'm fast to point that out too, you mm -hmm. know, so I just, maybe I communicate more than most people, but it does come naturally. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Because I know what's on the other side mm -hmm. of it. Actually, I, you know, I think it's because I've had the reinforcement, you know, from when I was young, while the topic or the context of being an advocate for myself may have been, that may have been a new context. Yeah. Just being an advocate for myself is something I've been doing, you know, since I was younger. That's awesome. So that yeah, I think so that's awesome. why it's been an easy transition. Yeah. Speaking of advocating for ourselves, it sounds like you also started touching yourself before you experienced great pleasure from partners. Will you tell us a little bit about what you remember about your journey into discovering your own body and kind of how it's evolved? Yeah. So I remember when I was about five, we had these neighbors and I would always play with their son and they were a nap in the middle of the like nap time family. And I stopped taking naps when I was about two. Yeah. And so if I was over there playing, like they, it was like, I don't know what the, maybe the parents were off having sexy time. I do not know. But literally to this day, like, I don't know. I still am friends with that kid and his mom. I should ask. Like, oh my gosh, you, you should. Doing? Yeah. I know. I know. What was with the nap? So, you know, about five years old and we would have to take naps if, you, if I was over there. And basically it was like 30 minute nap. And then, you know, then you could like get up and resume your playtime. So I was having so much fun playing with my friend. Like I didn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. But they would put us in separate rooms and I couldn't fall asleep. So I would masturbate because having an orgasm would make me sleepy. <laughs> wow. Did you know what it was then? You were pretty young, so probably not. I didn't know. No, I just knew it felt good. Oh yeah, I just, you know, I just knew, oh, this feels good. And then I would, you know, I would have an orgasm and, you know, then I could relax. Wow. Go from this high energy play mm -hmm. mode as a kid to kind of like, okay, <laughs> I can relax and this 30 minutes will pass. Yes, that's when I first kind of discovered how things work. Yeah. Can you look back over the years and be like, oh, and then my masturbation changed like this and I went through a phase of that? Like, do you have any kind of like larger patterns or has the way that you touched your pussy changed over the years? Oh, definitely. I do a whole month every year, straight masturbation every day. And I call that my March Masturbation Madness Month love. And it is so incredible because what people don't realize is, you know, we get caught in all these ruts yep. sexually. And as adventurous as I am, even I will get like, okay, I'm having sex the same way. I'm grabbing for the same toy. I'm masturbating the same way. And then you forget about all of the delicious parts and angles and areas of your pussy because there's so much going on in there in so many different places and ways that feel good. So I consider that month of masturbating every day and I do different things. I have to set different challenges for myself and it kind of resets everything. And then you're like, whoa, I forgot I can orgasm that way and I can orgasm that way. And I forgot how much I really like that little trick that always sends me over the edge oh, and it's fun. That's amazing. Okay. Wow. Ah, there's too many questions I want to ask you. Also, that's the reason that I'm having to make a bucket list because I have so many favorites and favorite ruts are still ruts. 
Can you tell us a little bit about the specifics of your physical body? Obviously, we know that they're like the regular good feeling spots, but do yours have any special tricks? What is your sensual physical being like? Where does she like to be touched and how? Okay, I'm just going to kind of go. Let's just go all the way down. Yeah, obviously my brain, that's the biggest sex organ that's on my body. Mm -hmm. And I have to have a connection. You know, I have to, there's something in you that, you know, the you as a human being, I have to like, I have a type probably just like everybody, but it's usually the guys that I don't expect that get the most traction with me. You know, physically you could line up a lot of guys and my friends would go, that's her type. That's her type. Like the physical aspects, but it's always the ones that there's like something about them. Like our worlds are totally different. You know, we mm-hmm. grew up differently. Like it's, it's always mm-hmm. those kinds of guys that really pull me in that I'm most interested in. And then of course the visual I'm visual, just, you know, we're all visual creatures. So you're looking for, you know, you have to find you physically attractive. And then my mouth, I mean, I love to receive pleasure and give pleasure with my mouth. Yeah, I love to be kissed. I love a great kisser. If you're a bad kisser, that's a deal breaker. What's your definition of good one? It's just the feeling and the rhythm. Our patterns are the same. It's not in conflict. I've actually been with someone, a guy who knew openly he did not know how to kiss and he was not a good kisser. And I tried to teach him, but I just wasn't his teacher. His teacher's out there. I'm sure of it. We had good sex, but it was like we could never kiss because just the kissing was wasn't any good. And if we started with that, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of turning me off. So let's skip that. (laughs) I've definitely definitely been with partners where I'm like, nope, not the rhythm. That's not the rhythm. Is it just me? This is not a me. Okay. It's both of us. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I know. Yeah. I mean, I don't want like the dirty tongue or two or inhaling my face. There's just, it's like dancing, you know, like your bodies line up and you know, you're marching to the same beat and it works or it doesn't. And then if I keep going down, oh my gosh, my breasts are big and voluptuous, bigger than I'd like. Everybody in my family, fortunately, I didn't have to have a breast reduction, but everybody in my family's had to have one because we're tall and slim. And then we have these giant boobs. boobies. <laughs> and sometimes they bother me, but they're very sensitive. And I love like, oh my God, I'd love to have my nipples sucked and bitten. And I love nipple clamps. Yeah. So play with those, please. And if I'm on the verge of having an orgasm and someone, you know, starts sucking on them or bites on them or pulls on them, it's like, oh, I'm, I mean, it's like being, it's like a lightning rod that goes from my nipples straight down to my clit. Just (sighs) bells are going off. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And then my stomach and my butt and everything. I mean, I like ass play, Mm -hmm. but the one thing that I'm not so fond of, I would say that turns me on is I don't want my ass eaten. I don't know why I just can't get into it, but we can stick all kinds of stuff in there. I just don't want you putting your mouth on it. I don't know. (laughs) Does it make a difference? Have you heard of laurels? No. What's that? Okay. So this natural rubber latex panty. So they're working on one that's not natural rubber latex, but they just got FDA clearance to be listed as a, what is it called? A barrier, like a protective barrier. They are panties that you can put on so it's easier to hold on to than a dental dam. And so for people who like want to try getting into rimming, but are like, don't put your face right there, it creates just like a barrier. And for me, because my pussy is so sensitive, it makes oral like really, am- it means that someone does can go pretty hard on me without worrying about like hurting my like delicate outside clearest skin or whatever. So ideas. 
Okay, I know I have not heard of those, but what a great idea. That is a great idea. They're pretty yeah. sexy too because you can get fingered pretty deep through them. And I know <laughs> I have tested them and it's really hot. And then it also is just, you know, for me, it's casual play is not oral is not something I would necessarily like let all the juices be touching. But for this, I'm like, yeah, now you guys yeah. can go down on me everywhere. <laughs> right. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Put that on the list. Okay, so you're okay with things in your butt. Does that include digits and phalluses? Yes. Okay. And butt plugs. I mean, I love a good butt plug. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any favorites? Somebody just asked me if I had a favorite butt plug, and I'm like, I don't have a favorite, but I have lots that I like. Like, do you have sort of type? I just got an inflatable one. I'm excited to try. Oh, well, see, no, I've never tried an inflatable one. Me neither. I was gonna say I have a set, right? So I was gonna yes. say, oh, the second to the largest one is my favorite. <laughs> love that answer. Yeah. That's my favorite. Amazing. Yeah. So, and then if we work our way around, you know, to my pussy and my clit, oh, that's where the magic happens. Really does. There's so many ways and angles and areas, you know, of our vaginas that are so sensitive and so many different ways to come, you know, the A spot, the G spot, squirting, my clit, and I remember when I was masturbating a lot in March for the whole month, I remembered, oh yeah, there's this one spot just right below my clit and right at the entrance of my pussy. If I'm pushing up on the bone with some index fingers, the pubic bone right yep. there yep. on the inside, that's all it needs right there. Just wow, that right there is like, whoa, <laughs> amazing. Oh, that is so cool. Again, that's why giving yourself enough time to masturbate and explore is so important. Mm. And also, and we talked about this on my podcast, the breathing, yes. your breath. Yes. So if you're doing a lot of the <sighs> kind of like a coplavati breathing, then it's like your mouth breathing. Mm -hmm. That's producing something different in your body that doesn't say relax. It yes. says run, panic. get the fuck out of here. We're in panic mode. When you're doing anything strenuous, even if you're exercising, if you can just breathe in and out of your nose, it calms you. It keeps you calm. And it's just so much better. So you have to sort of realize, too, when you're having sex, like how your breathing really is affecting the outcome. Yeah. If you understand that, the proper breathing, that changes the whole orgasm game right there. Mm, yes. Oh, that is such a good observation. Wow. I love thinking about our lungs as a sex organ, too. <laughs> I mean, don't worry, I love some good panting, but I also yeah. know, you know, like when it's time to be in that space and receive all that, that when my breathing's right, ooh, yeah. look out. Yeah. <laughs> what about body-wise feet or neck and ears? You know, I, I love the nibbles and when a dominant grabs my throat yes. or puts his hand oh my on my neck, uh, yes, I do love choking and all that stuff that turns me on big time. Like sometimes I just need that. And there's been times when I had a dominant and I would just take his hand and put it on my throat. And he just knew like what exactly what I needed, what I was needing in that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that is so beautiful. So can you tell us a little bit actually about how you discovered your kinky submissive self and got into the world of BDSM? So that started about when I started the Curious Girl Diaries about six years ago, that was in reaction to realizing that I had gone three and a half years with no sex, you know, no physical contact with another person. 
And I woke up one day and just was like, what are you doing to yourself? This is ridiculous. You've got to stop wasting the pretty. You need to get out there. And to make it fun, I decided that I was going to make a sex bucket list. And I was going to give myself a year to make my sex life as much of a priority as I did like my business life. That I was really going to put it at the top of the pyramid, basically. And when I was doing that, you know, I wanted to memorialize it with a podcast because I was really curious about put all these things on my list that I wanted to try. And I was really curious about who I was becoming. Who would I be at the end of this? I was kind of nervous about that. Like, and I really, my perception was I'm going to do this stuff and then I'm going to close that chapter and that'll be that. And I'll go back to my vanilla life as I know. That was what I really, I believe that. I did it. That didn't happen, obviously. But so one of the things on that list was BDSM. Mm -hmm. And so I was lucky enough to find a partner that knew about BDSM and could lead me through all the things that I could experience. And I didn't know that I was submissive. I just wanted to try some spanking, some joking, you know, like some of the very basic stuff that you think BDSM is about. Cause I really had no idea at that point. I did not know what I didn't know, Same, but he did. And I was very lucky because it was clear as I started interviewing and meeting guys that said they were dominants that they weren't, they just were guys that, you know, either liked to boss around women or been watching a lot of porn. And that was what they thought a dominant did. And they didn't understand the power exchange, the dynamic that, you know, one hand washes the other, mm-hmm. that the two are really equal and each person brings what they bring. And when it comes together, it's just freaking magic. So we were together for three and a half years and he never took me faster than he knew I should go. Even though when I started doing it, I wanted it more. And I was like, no, I want you to push me. And I kept saying, I want you to push me. I want you to push me. And he never wavered. He never put me in a position where I would want to go, you know, like, oh my God, no. Yeah. You really did take me too far. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. Never. And looking back, I can say, cause there were times where I get frustrated with him. I'm like, I keep telling you, I want you to push me more, but again, a good dominant is always thinking with your best interest at heart yes. regardless. And so because of that, he really, I mean, I just, I can't say enough about how fortunate I feel to have met him and been walked through it that way and to come out of it with the understanding that I now have and the knowledge and knowing how much part of me that is and why I need that. And it made so much sense when I look back on other relationships and couldn't figure out why those guys didn't work. Yeah. Because I kept thinking this guy looks great on paper. Like he's checking all the boxes, but there was that element was missing. That one element was missing and it's a big one. I'm so glad I don't have to live my life without it and just always be going like, this guy's great. Why am I not more into him? And you know, all that stuff. So oh, I yeah. do. Wow. That's incredible. So you met this new relationship. Was it a monogamous relationship for the three and a half years? No. Okay. I would say we were probably mostly with each other. But again, when I started the Curious Girl Diaries, the premise was I had the sex bucket list and I wanted to explore all these things. And some of these things wouldn't really be suited to just one person. You know, all of them could not be met by one person. Yes. This was my backwards way, I guess, into non-monogamy. And because of that circumstance, it just allowed me to, you know, as I would meet guys, 
it was a great icebreaker. I'd be like, I've got this sex bucket list and I'm devoting this year to, to exploring these things. And do you want to be a part of it? And the fun part is that a lot of the guys would say, yeah, Hey, that's on my sex bucket list too. I want to do that. And so it was really bonding because they wanted to experience, we were doing some new things together too, you know, and nothing I think, you know, can kind of bring you close, like having a common goal with someone and then also caring about Mm -hmm. them. And so through that process, you know, I had multiple partners. I'd have multiple partners at the same time. And also I've loved more than one person at the same time. Something I never thought, you know, that I had the bandwidth for, but now I get it, you know? Yes. You absolutely can. Wow. Okay. I am so heartened because I'm in the process of creating a really like probably too complicated sexual bucket list because there's just so much stuff I want to try. But that's what my future website creation place or it's it's up, but I'm working on it is going to hold. So it's going to be a place to invite people to participate in that. So I would love to hear from you. What did you put at the top of it? Was it just I'm sure you didn't go in order because it's whatever is available. But like, what was that experience like? Like you've crossed off. Are there bucket list items you haven't crossed off? Like, tell us everything you can think of at the top of your head. (laughs) So how it went is I had the initial bucket list. People send me messages on my show all the time. And they're always asking like, how do I make a bucket list? How do I do You know, because I really feel like it's just been such a simple little instrument that has led me through this whole thing for six years. And also it's a great icebreaker. Even when you're a couple, you can do them together, share them. There's just so many different things. Gets you talking, communicating. That's exactly my hope. Yes. Right. And when you're single, it's like, this is a great, you lead with the story and people love it. You know, they're like, oh my gosh, that's interesting. You know, nobody was turned off by it. (laughs) Even if they thought, I don't think that's for me they were still really interested and, you know, advocating for me and cheering me on. So, you know, I started with that and it's grown and evolved over the years because the beauty of it is my opinion, sex begets sex. So the more you're doing it and you're active with it just becomes a part of your daily routine. You're always on, you're always feeling it. You're always horny. I feel like this is how guys walk around all the time. Now I get it. I understand. I'm in that mode too. And it's very fun. And sometimes you go and you're like, okay, I really thought I wanted to try this. And because you were open and you were in that circumstance, that may not be the thing that really floats your boat when you're in that encounter. But through that encounter, you discover something else and you go, holy shit, I never knew that could feel so good or had no idea I would be that turned on, excited by this new thing that I discovered because I was open and I went for X and it was really Y that, you know, shot popped my head off. So it it always gives you new things, sends you in a different direction. And so your list will never be dry. Like you won't scratch everything off and go up. Oh, that's that. No. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's limitless. I mean, it really is. And so for people, when they say they have boring sex, I'm like, listen, there's a solution trust me, like there's limitless possibilities. You can find some things that definitely fire your rockets. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I love that. Do you have any specific examples of things where you're like, I thought I wanted this, but now I've discovered this. Or are there any specific episodes that you're like, oh, this is juicy that you want to direct people to? I have 281 episodes. I cannot. So I don't remember. Yeah, like they're all. I get it. (laughs) I'm biased, right? But I, so I feel like they're all juicy because I'm very open with stuff I talk about. But I will say kind of 
a really good example of that was I had on my list, you know, I wanted to go to sex parties. And I thought the original draw was, wouldn't it be fun to be part of an orgy and just, you know, like have bodies everywhere and free flowing and all that. So I had a really good partner and we went and when I got there, it was nothing like I had envisioned, nothing like, you know, I had in my head. I mean, while I thought it was gonna be like eyes wide shut, you know, just we were going with all the beautiful people and the beautiful because it was a masquerade theme. So I'm like, oh, I mean, I was like dressed and, you know, we roll up and I'm thinking we're going to be in this beautiful big mansion on the hill. And we roll up and we're in the suburbs and there's, you know, like tricycles and soccer balls in the street. I'm going, oh my gosh, where are we? And we go into this person's house and it's a total like takeover. They have covered every bedroom, their kids, bunk beds, everything in plastic. There was a potluck with chili and I was just like, oh, well, this is not what I thought it was going to be, but it was jarring at first and people were all over the place having sex, walking around and naked and some people were in great shape. Some people were not, you know, different age groups. It was everything and everybody. And like I said, for a split second, I was like, wait a minute, this is no, no, no. And then very quickly I lightened up and I said, you know what? No, wait a minute. This is what it's supposed to be. Sex is for everybody everywhere. Yeah. And look at this. And then once I got over that initial, like that popped my little bubble about what I, you know, I thought maybe I was going to find Tom Cruise around the corner. I started to really take it all in and then you could feel the sexual energy. Yeah. And it was like, wow. Okay. Now I think I'm into this. So we start walking around and we're checking out different rooms had different themes and I didn't gravitate towards the orgy room. Like I thought, but we went into the couple's room you know, where there were just couples coupled off just everywhere, just having sex with each other. And I looked at my partner and I was like, okay, I wasn't quite, that was my first, very first time. And I was like, you know, I wasn't comfortable just ripping my clothes off and having sex, but I was like, this guy, I'm going to give this guy the best blowjob of his life. And I'm going to let everybody else watch and wish they were him. And so as I started doing that, I could hear people behind me and what they were saying and they're stopping and they're watching. And that's what really turned me on. It was the voyeuristic part of it. It was being watched. It was being the cause of all this desire from these random strangers. Didn't matter who it was. It was just that like they found what I was doing so hot and I could hear what they were saying. And then they would start touching their partners because of it. And it was just, I was like, okay, I I like being watched. I had no idea that that turned me on. Oh my God. That's amazing. So then the next time I did it, the next time I went to a sex party, because I knew that it literally was one of the hottest, wettest, most turned on experiences of my life. Like I was just gushing down my leg onto the floor. I was so (laughs) excited. Yes. And again, I would have never known that. I just didn't know that about myself. And so when we got to that sex party, if I would have said, nope, we're, we're leaving, you know, I wouldn't have discovered that. So it's just kind of staying curious, staying open, you know, and as long as something's not offensive, it's consensual and your boundaries are not being infringed on, then, you know, just see where it'll lead you. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That's so cool. What else have you like discovered about yourself or kind of learned in the process of these explorations? 
I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, there's whole list. I mean, like we could go on for hours, actually. Like I could do a podcast just on that subject alone, what I've learned, what mm-hmm. sex has taught me, because it's not just the sexual stuff, you know, the kinks, the turn-ons, you know, getting more closely linked and intimate with your own body. I thought I knew my body. I really do know my body. It's amazing. I have this great relationship with my body. And so many people don't, and you don't know that you don't until you start actually creating that time and that space for these things to happen. But also just, you know, how important our sexuality is for us. It's such a shame that people don't prioritize it. And what I've learned is that as I've gone along and done this, it's really a habit. It's just a habit. We have Mm -hmm. habits of exercising regularly or not, or we have habits of, you know, we, we get up and we follow the same routine. We brush our teeth. We do, you know, there's things we do. We're in the habit of doing every day, no matter what. And we don't have to think about it. It's second nature. Your sexuality can run on that same premise. And it absolutely should run on that same premise because we're so wired for pleasure as human beings. We need it to keep going. Our dopamine systems need it. It's vital. You touched on this you know, in our previous recording about if if more people were getting that pleasure, people wouldn't be cutting each other off. And, you know, we'd probably have a lot less road rage and people would be taking things less personally. And there's a lot that would not be such a big deal. And, you know, the fact that he didn't take the garbage out last night, if you're having great orgasms and great sexual connectivity with your partner, be like, ah, whatever he forgot, you know, like that wouldn't be the issue. You know, it's all the great stuff the communication, the connection to another human being. It's amazing. And sex is just a big, big integral part of that. And so, oh, I could go on forever (laughs) about what what I've learned. But I'll switch back to one thing sexy that blew my mind was I fisted my partner and I saw him have a prostate orgasm. And, you know, I will say that a lot of times we're saying he's watching too much porn. He's trying to fuck like these porn stars and that's not real. And, you know, they just want to go to pound town, you know, boom, 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 boom. Well, I had realized there were some things that I was doing that I was guilty of that were porn-esque too, because that's what I'd seen on porn. The guys just want their penis jacked like this. Yes. Or, you know, and that, and that, that does it, you know, and it's like, okay, he's excited. Okay. Let me just, oh, <laughs> keep going. Totally. And you're rushing through it. You know how that feels when you feel like a man's just rushing through the foreplay right now so we can get to the next step. Well, I've done that too, but I didn't know it, you know? And so there's things that I've done with men that got me to slow down mm-hmm. and really appreciate mm-hmm. and celebrate their penis. Like I want them to celebrate my pussy and giving a prostate orgasm with your fist is mind blowing. Just watching that reaction because I've never seen it, you know, and yeah. I've never given that. And to see how pleasurable that is, and then to understand and also just to feel that feeling, that amazing feeling when you give your partner that much pleasure, it's just like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, I could be satisfied with that. That's amazing. You know, it stops being about reciprocity. It's like, I just did that. And I love this person. I care for them. Look at how blissful and happy they are right now. And I just got to be a part of that. It's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Do you feel comfortable sharing details? Because I would like to add this to my bucket list now. What position are you in for that? I haven't done that research. So just like, 
face down? Where were you? Did you wear a glove? What was it like? No, I was glove free. Well, we planned it. Okay. Okay. You can, you can try to surprise somebody, but I don't know how well <laughs> received that will be a lot of times. No, anytime. This is actually funny. Whenever someone is like, oh, I don't really have any boundaries. I'm up for anything. My actual response is like, oh, great. I've been wanting to try anal fisting. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke. Exactly. Because that's like, oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah. So this partner, you know, loved anal play and he had always wanted to experience this. And so I was like, of course, I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. You want to do this with me? I would love to. And so we planned for it. You know, he prepped and got everything, you know, he, I guess, did a lot of douching, got everything cleaned out in there for me. He was very, you know, very respectful of me. And poop does not bother me, but I still appreciate the fact that, I mean, you don't want to stumble on a lot of it. And so, you know, uh, he did that. And then he knew how to, because he knew his own body, you know, he knew how to, we started with some butt plugs and, and warmed him up and did some stuff while he was getting warmed up. And then we put something bigger in a glass dildo and we just switched out the sizes until, you know, he was ready and he was on his back and just was, you know, I was looking at him, watching him and he was just really, you know, guiding me through it and kind of telling me what to do. And it was just this constant conversation, you know, dialogue, of course, sexy dialogue Yeah, yeah. about, you know, and I could see just his reaction and what was going on. And when he came, I wasn't even, t- I did not touch his penis that at all. That was my question. Okay, cool. You know, I kind of made a fist and, and I was going in and out and moving it the way, you know, with the motion mm-hmm. and, the, and the rhythm that he wanted. And then, and then as he was getting more excited, I was like, okay, so I would speed up and make sure that was okay. And oh my gosh, when he came, it was incredible. Wow. It was just incredible. Yeah. I felt like a kid on Christmas, my face was more lit up than his because I just couldn't believe what I was seeing and what I was doing. You know, it was really cool. I highly recommend it. If you don't mind, butt play. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I mean, and I, I would totally administer an enema to someone ahead of time too, if they wanted help with that. I, I would be down with that. Do you feel a shift in your sense of personal power? I know you strike me as a person and it sounds like you have been a person that has always had a strong sense of self, very areas of you. Do you feel like you've noticed a shift? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Just I think my overall tolerance and love for human beings is so much greater. (laughs) That's amazing. Because I understand myself so much better. Yeah. I understand people so much better. Instead of just being this type A, you know, that's like, okay, I wear this armor, I'm a, you know, I kick ass and I take names and I'm a pit bull in panties and, you know, (laughs) that I can take that off and be in my feminine, which is where I really am designed to be. It's where I'm my happiest. It's where I'm calm and relaxed. And again, I get to, you know, to put my trust in someone else and really connect in a way that you can't do otherwise outside of that scenario, you know, and I really feel like for me, focusing on my sex life has been the best teacher and the single most best thing I have done for myself to date. Yep. yep. For sure. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. I am so excited. Like, I literally feel so lit up and inspired to go, like, finish my bucket. I mean, not finish it. I guess start it. I guess it'll never be finished. So yours is unfinished, right? It's ongoing. What's at the top of it currently? So the one thing, the one thing I haven't conquered, <gasps> but... I'm very close, very close. Threesomes. (gasps) Great. 
Right. Okay. The elusive threesome. Right. Because you're bi-curious. Tell us about that. What's the fantasy of the threesome? And you're close. Okay. What is it? First of all, this has been my Mount Kilimanjaro. (laughs) (laughs) You got to train for it. You have been. The truth of it is, is once I have it, I'll probably understand the reason. Like the timing was not right then, 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 but it is now. Mm. And now I'm feeling really like, yes, I have a partner that is bisexual and he doesn't mind, you know, another guy. And so... I'm all about like, I want all that masculine energy and attention like on me. I have no problem admitting that. It's like, I get to be the pillow princess and that's my fantasy for the first time and just shower me with all this attention and I want double penetration and I want double vaginal penetration. I don't know how well that's going to go. But again, if you're breathing right and you're relaxed, I think I can do it. Wow. So I have two guys that are good to go on it. We're just trying to plan the date. So I'm super excited. It's amazing. Okay. I'm so excited to hold that hope for you. Everybody hold that hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Send it the good energy wishes. Okay. And yes. what, what, anything else that you're like, mm, I'm craving this or are there any that were like super satisfying to check off? I mean, I think a lot of them were, <laughs> Yay! I haven't done like a destination, you know, where you're, everybody's nude and you're there for a while. So that's on my list. Fun. I was just talking to a couple and they're like, you need to get, they put, put them together. And then they're like, you could do a podcast from there. I'm like, brilliant. Yes. Yes, I will. That would be so much fun. So much fun. I think I'm moving more now into the, because I've scratched a lot of the things off and they've all been amazing you know, I would love to find another dominant. Yes. That takes time. I don't know. You know, I can't force that and be able to go deeper into my submission, you know, have someone take me even deeper than I already have been. So that I would love to do. And right now my focus is more on the, I guess the learning side. So I took an erotic massage course and I gave my partner an hour erotic massage and I had no idea how many ways you could touch a penis. Oh my God, that's on my list. Erotic massage class is on my list and I'm so excited. Okay, oh, wow. I'm going to send you to the Perfect. right person. And I'm just telling you, we did a podcast about this a couple Saturdays ago. My partner was like, he had an orgasm. He said it was like when I first started having orgasms when I was young, the way it felt when it was new. Whoa. I was wow, touching wow, him wow. the way he'd never been touched before. And I can touch, he can't get all these hand movements and all these things I was combining together. And it was unbelievable. Like I loved it. Again, I loved it. I could hear him moaning and the sounds he was making. I was like, oh yeah, I'm sending him to another level. It was great. That is so cool. So I'm just focused on getting much better, you know, getting better at that, getting the muscle memory for it. And I want to try Tantra, you know, like I really want to get into more of just the really, the deeper connective things that I've experienced and stumbled on. I want to be mindful and really go after. Truly a woman after my own heart. Yes. So good. When did you realize you were this curious? I mean, I've always been curious. So I loved, you know, my dominance so much. It's like, if you tell me not to stick my finger on that hot stove, I'm going to have to stick my finger on that hot stove. Feel you. Yeah. Tell me no, or I can't do it. And I'm like, I have to be naughty. You know, like I have to experience it. Okay. I, I need to know where the line is. And sometimes that's through action. And so I am, I'm curious. That was like, Oh, 
okay, what's this about? You know, like I love to investigate. I love to check things out and I love to explore other people and just human nature just fascinates me. So I think I've always kind of been like that. Someone asked me one time, they go, what's wrong with you? Were you beaten as a child? I'm like, no, I, I think that's the problem. I wasn't, beaten. Yes. I wasn't beaten nearly enough. I mean, like I wasn't beaten, you know, like I they didn't, I didn't have these limits. Like, you know, I didn't get smacked down. It was yeah. like, yeah, well, you know, life will give life is going to give you some lessons, but you know, go ahead and take your shot. You know? So I always just felt like, yeah, if, if it doesn't work, I can, I'll recover from that and I'll keep moving forward. And I was always like, where there's a will, there's a way. If I can't go through the front door, I'll go through the window. Like, you know, when I get really determined, I'm like, I'm going to make this happen. So hitting a roadblock doesn't bother me. I don't probably perceive that the, the way other people would take it. Like, oh, that didn't work. I'm like, no, that angle didn't work, but this one will. <laughs> I love that so much. And I'm in the midst of an epiphany because I am the type of person that's like, well, I don't want to cross your lines. So if you could just tell me all the rules, I like won't bother your lines. And I just heard you say, like, I need to know where the line is. And sometimes you got to find it out by crossing it. So are, do you identify as a brat? No, I don't. I mean, maybe just stubborn, you know, just a, okay, maybe stubborn. Okay. There's a part of me that I might test you from time to time, not in an annoying way, but it might be because I want to be reassured yes. that you're still the one in control Got it. or because initially in the beginning, I'm not sure, you know, and like I said, like, I need to know where the line is too, yeah. you know, how far can I push you? And that line moves and you'll need dialogue about that because sometimes, especially from the submissive point of view, things that were not okay at one point do become okay. You will want to yes. go farther and explore more. Or again, maybe you initially thought this would be okay. And for some reason, you know, in the middle of it, it's like, it's not. Yeah. And you have to feel comfortable and know that you can use your safe word and stop the play at any point if something's uncomfortable, you know, even though you gave permission for it when you started. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just circle back and talk about it, you know? Wow. Okay. What are your hopes for your sex life going forward on the larger scale? Not specific bucket list items, but just what do you hope your sex life is like in the future? You know, I really hope that I maintain intimacy and connection with the people that are in my life that matter most until I take my last breath. Beautiful. And if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? I'd say start exploring BDSM sooner. <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out. There's going to be this time span in your twenties. You're going to be missing out on all this good stuff. You know, like I just probably try to get myself going down that road sooner, I guess, Amazing. just so I could have more of it. <laughs> and I'm not going to ask you if you have a question for me because you already asked me a bunch of questions and everyone should go listen to my episode on the Curious Girl Diaries. We'll have a link to that in my show notes so you can go figure all of that out. Layla, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> 